We used to have oversight team meetings. That's what Scott Bixby would bring. He always brings it. Right? Once KFC. A Once oh, a year, you are guaranteed so KFC and it, diarrhea. It is so, you can die <laughs> so happy, and you will. <laughs> Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better, and by the power of his spirit, do better, so together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better. So glad to have you all here today to kick off a brand new series, Subtle Sins of Society. Love the S's, love yeah, the alliteration. Five times fast. <laughs> but uh, we are hitting week one. Kind of curious. I'm sure a lot of people are curious. What would you choose for the numero uno sin of the subtle sins of society? Apparently, we've chosen comfort. <laughs> so you brought it on Sunday. Why don't you give it back to us in 60? Yeah, we talked about the sin of comfort, um, kind of the overarching sin. I think every other sin we're going to talk about can fall under the category of comfort. So um, we talked about just really how Jesus was never after comfort. And so mm-hmm. maybe we should shift our focus off of it a little bit. And it's interesting in, in this desire for comfort, comfort's not a bad thing. Okay. Being comfortable is okay. It's when you worship it. It's when you're not willing to give it up for the sake of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we, we looked at this message and basically we said, Hey, how do we get over comfort? Well, we learn to have regular rhythms of denial and embrace suffering because suffering produces what we wish comfort would. Mm. And so we're called to enjoy the blessing of comfort, but not worship it. And the way we do that is we deny ourselves and we embrace suffering. So as often happens, some encouragement I didn't even think about before as you said that, but say that part again, comfort delivers what? Or comfort promises. Sorry. I don't know if I said either of those things. I think I said suffering produces what we wish comfort did. Okay, that's it. Sorry. Thanks for straightening me out. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so, because you also had the statement in there that sin is temporary gain and permanent pain. Yep. So I think you're that's that's the deceit. That's yeah. the trap that we fall into. It's like we may actually be after something good, but it's 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 actually the opposite effect. It's a you know, it's a trap. Uh, I loved your word pictures. Actually, I say I loved your word pictures. I'm not sure if that's the right because when you talked about um, food, sweet food turning into gravel in your mouth, you spent a little too long on that because I was just thinking about rock. I, I, I can't imagine like biting rocks with my teeth. It just, it's almost as bad as someone touching my eye. Well, the, the imagery actually hits me a little harder because um, right around this time every year, um, we have like gravel that goes down to our barn and we just put like newer gravel on just the part because like the weeds were overtaking it. And every time you walk on it, like I've literally over the last three weeks walked on it. And like, I just, every time I walk on it now, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> like, can you imagine chewing on that crusher run? Powerful imagery. I think when the scripture gets past us and we have that visceral response, that's what makes it stick and has an impact. Well, and that's when it comes with, with every one of these sins. We have to remind ourselves that as sweet as it tastes, mm-hmm. this is where it ends. And so we almost have to train our mind to get off of temporary or mm-hmm. off of like right now and think, what is this going to look like? Mm -hmm. in a week, two weeks, Mm -hmm. a year, right? Like, is this really leading me down the path? Mm Because that's the, that's the, the 
the, the deception of sin is the, the road, you don't get to see the end of it. You just mm-hmm. see the beauty of it, the, like the short term. Right? That's why we like sin. It's like, ooh, this is so good. <laughs> and it's, eventually we're like, wow, what, what is happening? Yeah. A moment on the lips, forever on the hips. You know, so. There you go. That's, enough, that's, you know, first Proverbs of Bradley. There we go. There we go. Well, um, I just wanted to, in some ways, address an elephant in the room as I was thinking about this, listening to this. I mean, we sit here as a couple of guys. Mm. I think we're pretty blessed by God. Yeah. I mean, we both have incredible wives, probably their best earthly gifts, you know, you know, you know, to hear families, you know, uh, that are healthy. Um, we're not worrying where the next meal is coming from. We even get to travel and yeah. do some things. So is it, are we hypocrites, you know, sitting here talking to others about comfort and giving up comfort? Aren't we creatures of comfort? So how do you decide what obedience looks like? What is or isn't hypocrisy? I think that's a question I constantly ask myself because let's be honest, everybody in America, Mm -hmm. even if you are poor, Everybody in America, you you can look at your life and compare it to somebody else and say, "Wow, that's really a war torn, exactly famine stricken country." So again, I try to make it clear that God is not saying we have to live this miserable, awful life. And and in fact, comfort is actually not the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the worship of it. It's the Mm -hmm. I'm going to pursue this above everything else. I think of Piper's like uh, quote. Right, the essence of sin is that I love something more than I love God right? Mm-hmm. My heart treasures something more than God. And so one way that I try to, you know, through the rhythms of my life and the things that I buy and the things that I enjoy and the comfort that I indulge in is, am I willing to give it up? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if God asked me to sell my house, if God mm-hmm. asked me to, you know, lay down a comfort, would I, you know, if your answer is like, I'm not sure, it's a little blurry, right? Uh-huh. Um, if we are like, yeah, I would do that. I think we're, we're okay. And I think I also try to say no to things that I could easily enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. In rhythms of life. So for example, there are seasons in my life where I say no to television so I can read more. I say mm-hmm. no. I think you have to look at your life and have a balance of enjoyment and comfort with denial and keep mm-hmm. those things at some form of a level playing field. Yeah. So I think that's helpful. Those are great questions and criteria. Um, that sort of falls in the realm of, you know, reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, what about blind spots? Let's say, let's just assume we all have them. Yeah. Okay. And then by definition, you know, reflection probably isn't going to solve it. You know, how do we, how do we, what help do we get? Where do we go to overcome those blind spots? Well, I mean, <laughs> the whole point of it being blind is you can't you, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody else to see it for you. Right. And you were alluding to that in the beginning of your message. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's where community group comes in mm-hmm. really well of like having people close enough. So like if I look at the layers of my life, one, my wife is really good at calling out my blind spots, you know, like, and I'm thankful for that as much as that sounds is like a terrible thing. Like you need that from your spouse. You need that from your close friends Mm -hmm. and from some people in your community group that are Mm going to see things like, so that's the, that's the beauty of community, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have friends who can see things in your life that you can't see and say, Hey, 
this might hurt, but mm-hmm. I love you enough to tell you this. Now, say, let's say someone's within that circle of trust. There's someone who's, you know, you know, godly, you know, that you trust. What kind of what kind of questions do you ask? I mean, how would you get the ball going on something like that? <laughs> I mean, I, I say that, and I think about a couple of questions I've heard people ask. Like one, I mean, this doesn't actually really deal with comfort so much, but it was it's just a question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Mm. You know, just one of those questions. I, I just need to see my unintended consequences. Mm. I think I'm doing a great job here. But uh, with, you know, with regard to comfort, how do you, I don't know, I, I'm asking this question genuinely wanting to know how do you start a conversation? Or so these what would are you say? some of the questions I even ask my wife or my wife will ask me because, you know, again, a lot of the things we buy are comforts. They're not needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the things we purchase on Amazon. And so there's times where like, I'll look at my wife or she'll look at me and be like, did we really need to purchase that? Like, mm-hmm. what's the purpose of that? And like, at what point does that require us to get another comfort? So mm-hmm. we have these conversations all the time. And I think one thing that's really powerful is asking questions rather mm-hmm. than like making accusations. Mm-hmm. So usually if I'm trying to call out a blind spot in somebody, it's, hey, tell me about this. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I see this, like explain this to me. Right. And then based off of their answer, mm-hmm. um, if I'm, I also want to confirm that it is a blind spot, that I'm not reading the situation wrongly to. That's why questions help. And depending on where the answers go, I either lean in more or I'm like, you know what? I feel Mm -hmm. good about this. I'm going to pull out. Right. Yeah. I might also think about, does this help or hinder kingdom purposes? So it's something like, let's say something really significant, like, do we want this, this, you know, a boat or a or, or 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 a house that could well be you know what that's just that's just going to get in the way mm-hmm. of us supporting our church the way we want to or do other things or it's going to take time away you know from you know we're going to our, our, our summers are going to be away from church and I don't think that's a great thing what that might enter or it could be you know what that's an incredible tool of hospitality that's right this is some place where I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to you know look at those pray invite pray invest invite relationships someplace i'm going to take yep. people to i'm going to pour into their lives and pour into my family whatever so i mean you could see those yeah. kinds of things but is it helping or hindering kingdom purposes right and we have to be careful even in that cuz we can deceive ourselves Absolutely. to believe like oh yeah i mean use this for the kingdom and use it for ourselves and so i think those are are really good questions to ask um i also think like what's my am i being generous towards myself and myself only, mm-hmm. right? Like oh, I think some of like comfort is like, look at your finances and saying like, how much are you spending on your comfort and how much are you spending on other people's comforts, right? Mm-hmm. Blessing somebody else, giving back to the local church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for me, that's a, like, a, like a first, like if I look at my life, I'm like, I want to, I want to be just as generous to others and the kingdom of God as I am to myself. Yeah. Right. And I think those need to balance each other out as well. Yeah. And I guess as you're talking, I'm thinking time and money, you know, so some of these things we're talking about have big financial yep. implications and we just came through mountain mover, but time is so precious, yeah. right? And how we're spending our time. And I mean, I, if I audit my own life, <laughs> I know that I could do a whole lot better. When you said Netflix, it's just, I mean, you know, yeah, right now I'm 
binging a lot of German television because I'm trying to learn the German language. But so <laughs> is, that, is that useful? Is that right? I mean, I, I have to make these choices about how much time I'm spending when I could be, there's so, so many other things I could be doing. One thing I've done, because I'm guilty of that. Like one of my favorite things to do with my wife is like the kids go to bed. It's early. We like to like get in our bed, cuddle up and like watch our show. And, mm-hmm. it, and you know, like, hey, I could easily say like, oh, I'm investing in my marriage. We're, you know, like we're cuddling, we're watching our show, which is great. But like, so I've just felt a little bit like, okay, I'm doing that too much, right? Like, I'm just like, kids are, be- kids are in bed, baby. Let's, let's go watch our show. So like, I've built in this rhythm of like, I think this is a practical step of regular denial of like, I will do that one night. And then the next night I'm like, I'm going to read. Like we're going to read together or we're going to read separately. Like, right. and so just learning rhythms of like, ah, this is fun. This is good. But yeah. like, how am I denying myself too? I think that's a great question. Like look at your life and ask yourself, are you even denying yourself right. anything? Yeah. I love what you said about, be, am I being generous just with myself or with others? You think about that financially, but you also think about that time-wise. Cause like one criteria that I've sometimes used is, am I watching, you know, watching TV alone? You know, not a great use of time. But watching TV with Karen, you know, here's here's some. This is something she wants to do. We we enjoy yeah. it together. You know, reading David Miller's A Praying Life alone. That's good use of alone time, mm-hmm. right? But uh, yeah, it's easy. I, I am. This is a rough sermon. I've got so much to clean up in my life. <laughs> no, I I feel on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, how would we apply these lessons to parenting? I just I think one part of the sermon that grabbed me was because you're walking through how Peter is responding with all the best of intentions, with great love for his best friend, Mm. right? And this teacher that he admires, dude, you don't have to do that. We got you, you know, no, no, there's gotta be another way. He, he wants something good. And then when you said, we want for our children yeah. or our family, we want them to avoid, we want comfort for them, or we want to avoid suffering. How do we make the right choices as parents about comfort for our kids? Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that because I fail miserably as a parent. This is where this, Peter's response to what Jesus said is like the moment in the message that just hit me the hardest. And especially with my kids. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm fine suffering. Like, as, I don't want to, don't get me wrong, but yeah. like, I would much rather suffer than watch my kids suffer. Oh, sure. And yeah. I think everybody is yeah. like that. Um, we talk about, it was Mother's Day on Sunday, and no one, moms would absolutely lay down on train tracks right. for their the kids. And that's the beautiful of the gospel yeah. of like, God let his son suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that question, like, how often do I get in the way of mm-hmm. God's plans for me? because mm-hmm. of comfort and for my kids. Like, oh, like, like, oh, like I, if I think about that long enough, I'm like, oh no. Like, mm-hmm. and so I think in this journey of like comfort, I think comfort is much like the, the human perspective we talked about of like, comfort is ultimately about now, right? It's here and now. But when I look at God's perspective, he's so much about future, about what is coming. And we see that, right? Like Peter didn't get it because he was like so focused on now. Mm -hmm. And I want to train my, my kids and my life. Like, is this suffering that I don't want them to go through? Is it actually going to produce, although it's going to hurt now, going to produce what 
is ultimately needed in their life later. And if we can get our minds off of the temporary and on the future a little bit more, much like the sin thing, right? Get like get off what's pleasing now and see where this leads. I think it helps me be a better dad and parent. Yeah. Begin with the end in mind, yeah. says Stephen Covey, right? And that can frame a lot of present decisions. And I think you're you're a parent of younger kids. Mm-hmm. I'm a parent of adult kids who are mm-hmm. out of the home. Whole different set of questions, but right. also similar struggles. You know, when I see, you know, my kids, it might be there's a desire to step in, you know, and uh um, I just saw, uh, this is such a random comment. I just saw this t-shirt that said, well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, <laughs> but, uh, just to get between actions and consequences, you know, yep. that can be unhelpful, but it's just very hard yeah. you know, with someone you love. Well, actually, I have this conversation all the time of like, how much do we shield our kids from and how much do we allow them to see, mm-hmm. right? How much do we protect them and how much do we open their eyes to? And obviously age plays mm-hmm. a role in that, but like, it, it's hard. Is God ready to teach them that, man, the world is sinful and that we need to protect ourselves from this and here's what this leads to. Mm-hmm. And so we are constantly trying to, you know, protect our kids. I pray every night almost, mm-hmm. Lord, keep my kids safe. Mm-hmm. I've, I've started to change that prayer. Okay. okay. God protect my kids from evil. Mm. Okay. I'm, I, I don't know if I want my kids to be safe. I, I almost want them a little bit to be, to grow up and be kids who chase danger for the sake of God, the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Like living in God's will isn't always, it's the safest place, but it doesn't mean you're, you're safe from harm. You're, you're safe from evil. And I, so I've changed my prayer. God, per, Protect my kids from evil. Yeah. Well, it's obviously right out of the Lord's prayer. So, you know, it's nothing in there about safety, but deliver us from evil. So, um, yeah, great mindset. So I know that um, I was thinking about the, um, when you, we talked about the end, you got to the end of the message and the contrast and you had that great Jim Elliott quote. Um, He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot Lose and you contrasted, you know, the, Jesus talks about gaining the whole world, losing your own soul, mm-hmm. you know, seeking your, you know, those who, you know, seek their life, you know, will lose it, you know, those who lose their lives find it. Um, I was thinking we could slip the word comfort in there, you know, those who seek comfort mm-hmm. will lose it, yeah. you know, but those who give it up for the sake of my gospel, ultimately, we know we have an eternal comfort. But the contrast. Isn't and I th- was thinking about what Jesus when Jesus has that exchange with Peter, he's looking at Peter, has to be thinking, Peter, I'm doing this for you, mm-hmm. I'm doing this so you can be with me <laughs> in heaven. And so I think you know we had that contrast, you know, about yes, <laughs> but this these choices aren't getting us to heaven. Right, yeah. the cross is giving us to heaven. But perhaps these choices are getting more people to join us mm. in heaven. Yeah. And it is about, you know, when it comes to our families, when it comes to our children, when it comes to those we love, we're making these choices, not just because comfort, bad, I'm just going to, you know, stick toothpicks under my fingernails, just, you know, yeah. seek all the suffering I can. It's not about that, but it's about what 
can I do? I will give up anything to bring as many people as possible yeah. with me to heaven. And isn't that what separated Jesus from every other God is that Jesus willingly embraced suffering yeah. for our benefit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we follow that model. Like, just like you said, I'm willing to look different mm-hmm. to the world by denying myself mm-hmm. For the sake that someone would notice the difference in me and I can point them to Jesus yeah. and yeah. invite them into a life that doesn't gain the world, right. but gains forever, right? right? Gains their soul. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is he's so different than any other God because he 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 chose suffering rather mm-hmm. than to be adored and worshiped mm-hmm. for our sake. And we fought we follow that example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, great message. Great kickoff to week one of, is it seven? I think How many? six. There's, six. There were seven deadly sins. So I can that's what I was thinking, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think it, we're doing... No, it might be seven. It's, I just, I, okay. Wow. We'll, I'm have, on top the, of we'll have that answer next week for you. <laughs> you got to come the back first, to know it. The first week of several uh, sin, <laughs> subtle sins of society. Please come back and join us again next week. 